friends welcome back to the film alchemist podcast the show where we look at movies we love break them apart to find out what gives them their magic i'm your host josh griffey uh sorry guys still in the never-ending perpetual fucking plague season uh here in the midwest so forgive me if i sound a little more nasally uh and less sexy than normal please forgive me but uh, we're bringing you some live juice tonight. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my friend and co-host... Alex Dandino. No spicy intro? Okay, that's fine. You know what? I think I think the show's over, dude. <laughs> Cri- critique is so limiting and emotionally <laughs> drained. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear right there. Yeah. Oh, man. And right that, that was my it. version. That was my... Right back in it. Yeah, that was my version of a Jake Gyllenhaal performance. So, Oscars, <laughs> I'll send you my address. Uh, guys, we are talking the Netflix newly released Velvet Buzzsaw. This was uh, Dan Gilroy, Jake Gyllenhaal reuniting uh, from their Nightcrawler uh, glory days. Yep. We had Tony Collette in it, which I'm always immediately in on now. As you know, Tony Collette is just the fucking best. She is. Uh, Renee Russo popping up from the Wayback Machine. I like seeing that. John Malkovich from drops in pop, a good performance. Popping up from uh, from Nightcrawler. Yeah, I actually don't even know if I would say John Malkovich has a good performance. I think someone just like films him on a day to day basis. Yeah, being no, a cantankerous no. old fuck. I'm almost positive that John Malkovich he did it on the Super Bowl. He yeah. fucking was on the Super Bowl just berating Peyton Manning. I'm like, I get it. He's like, he plays the big dumb, like, every guy. Yeah. And John Malkovich is just berating him. I'm like, who's the audience for this? Like, there's just one fucking guy, like, one fucking assistant professor in a burrow somewhere. He's like, I was dragged in this Super Bowl against my will. Yeah. I am the John Malkovich of Super Bowl Sunday. John Malkovich basically makes a living now off being just John Malkovich. He literally is the embodiment of that movie now. Like, that's what You think what he's like that, or do you think John Malkovich is just a real fucking sweetheart teddy bear in real life? I think John Malkovich is probably a very easier going guy, but probably just as cantankerous. This guy has been around for it's, it's easy to imagine that he assumes he's better than all of us. Because he, he may be right. Who knows? Uh, yeah, guys. So Velvet Buzzsaw, this came out right to Netflix. Um, something we're going to work on more this year is uh, trying to watch movies as you guys are actually watching. And one of the fun things to do about a movie like Velvet Buzzsaw is that we haven't been sitting and stewing on it and riffing and doing our takes and reading articles for fucking two or three decades like most movies we do. Uh, so it's fun to kind of jump in and get, like, your first fresh takes. Um, I actually didn't even know this movie was coming out. I remember hearing about it being like, wow, I like all those people. This will be a good one. And it just, it's, you know, kind of the age we're in. It just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I only heard about it uh, so quickly because whore Twitter was pissed. Uh, really? I Yeah. I, I try to stay very active in horror uh, Twitter as that is my genre of choice. Um, not a lot of fans from what I'm reading. Uh, my initial take was that I, I don't see why people were so viscerally mad. It felt like on a lot of horror Twitter. Right. I think maybe there's a part of it where they feel like the horror was not as pronounced as they wanted. Uh, but I, I think the movie overall, uh, was an interesting viewing, but I would love to hear what are your initial takeaways, Alex? I mean, easily the best shot outer limits episode i've ever seen like, <laughs> as far not, as not even fucking twilight zone nope, no 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 twilight I zone like outer limits but twilight zone has artistry to it outer limits was always kind of like the GoBots version of twilight zone i yeah there's a lot it's a, of, it's a little too slick to be a tales from the crypt yeah it's not quite bordello of blood it's also not quite you know like the masks it's in that sweet spot uh, right in the middle R.I.P. the Dennis Miller I used to adore. <laughs> uh, every time I hear Bordello of Blood, it makes me just a I know, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Don't you just wish Dennis Miller could go back to I was at one of those kids that never grew up with like a, a true father or father figure. And I had a real phase in my life when I was like, <laughs> Dennis Miller would have been a great dad wow. for me. Wow. Seriously, that I was like, he's got the strong. hair. He's kind of a fast-talking uh I thought he was smart just because he said his dialogue fast, I guess, yeah. and snappy. There was a real time when I wished that it would come out that Dennis Miller was actually my secret father. 
But now we're just way off track. So, okay, so Outer Limits episode. Yeah, I, I mean... Elaborate on this, because I, I, I'm assuming that's a dig. It is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched... I mean, for those of you who like Outer Limits, it's no dig on your taste. I yes, mean, like, I've watched all of Outer Limits. Everybody's, everybody's got their own like little thing, but like Outer Limits was definitely like the TV movie thing. Um, it just reads to me like it's just a real... It's weird. We keep watching these movies that I start... And it could be me. It could be this weird sort of like Jake Gyllenhaal looking too closely at a moving picture. But like I keep watching movies that, and I get, I get done with them and I look at it and I'm like, that director was saying, man, fuck critics. Fuck everyone who didn't like this movie. Fuck everybody who didn't like my career. <laughs> like every time yeah. we watch one of these movies, this is how they feel. And this is what it is. Like it basically, <laughs> it's like, hey, you know all those uppity assholes in the art community? <laughs> Let's take those fuckers down a peg. And then that's like, that's what it is. Like, yeah, that's really just that's what the story <laughs> becomes so rapidly because it starts out <laughs> as this really like pretentious John Malkovich movie again, uh, sort of like this take on Art School Confidential, which was this Terry Zweigoff movie that came out a long time ago, um, which is also based on a Daniel Klaus book. But uh, it starts that way and then really rapidly devolves into like just. Everyone who is an appreciator of art, but like a professional appreciator of art, is apparently like a huge asshole, and they all deserve their comeuppance. I was rooting for the paintings in this movie. Like the painting started, yeah. The painting started well, killing is- people. I'm like, do it, kill that fuck, just get him good. Yes, I have a couple thoughts on what you're saying. Right, first off, I was like. This movie did build in a bulletproof vest, right? They're turning us into morphs. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, make yeah. us sit for an hour and a half and hate everyone in this movie. And again, that's what you're saying. They're not professional art appreciators, right? They're fucking buzzards yeah. picking the bones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, what he does is he's shielding himself from guys like us that might take shots on a pod being like, oh, look at them. They're not real creators. Uh, they're solely trying to make, you know, because we make zero dollars an episode for right, the show. Right. So we're over here uh, just trying to fucking <laughs> leech, man, for our big fucking fat podcast paychecks. Right, right. And I was like, wow. It, it did make me think. I was like, whereas... The house that Jack built, Lars von Trier seems to actually want to murder people with his bare hands. Yes. Uh, Tony Gilroy's, this is the most passive aggressive, like, man, I just really wish you would get run over on the way to the theater. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what or it no, is. It's Dan just Gilroy, like this, what did I say? Tony, Dan Gilroy. It's Dan Gilroy. It's just literally like a middle finger the entire movie. Like, fuck you. Fuck anyone who wants to like yeah. overanalyze what this movie is. Because, like, I really <laughs> do not find a lot of layers in this movie. Like... The level but, of critique okay. is pretty basic. I I I would push you on this, right? I think the problem with this movie as I saw cuz I, I this is the thing. I actually found this movie much more entertaining than most. Right. To me there is and I think that's the thing, right? When you see the trailer, you want a little more Nightcrawler. That's the problem with like making yes. a really good profound movie like that is everyone wants that movie again. I think that's a and big I, part of I, I see the pieces for that kind of a thriller. Sure. To me, the, the biggest thing that drove me insane in this movie is the horror movie scenes, right? Like the horror kills and scares and the tension building is atrocious. Yes. Every fucking kill in this movie is so fucking bad. Hey, by the um, way, are we? And it is give- shocking because this is something that is funny, right? Like we right. just saw this in the Oscars, right? Like Hereditary to me is one of the best films of the decade. Like not for any genre, like actually just, no, just one movie. of the best films I've seen in years. Sure, the yeah. most emotionally devastating and involved I've felt in a film in a long time. And they're just like, oh, it's uh whore so we won't give tony collette who had the best fucking female performance in years even a nom just best actor this this feels a little bit like that right where gilroy walks in and he's like oh i can make great movies like nightcrawler i can just do a horror movie right and this is a stark example of it's not just about how talented you are horror movies are their own uh art form right like there's there are there is just filmmaking but horror movies have a special nature. It's kind of like comedy, right? Like there is this kind of lightning in a bottle you have to capture with how you use all these elements to build tension. Yeah. There's a in special this movie. Skill I for actually, it. I was going to do a checklist, but I got really busy, obviously. And I watched the world's worst Super Bowl. I was fucking praying for any of the artwork in my house to kill me during the Super Bowl. <laughs> 
Uh, and I was like, God, I should have been doing this thing. But I actually, the amount of like bad horror movie tropes that appear in this, I mean, it just got comical to it's me at a pretty point. pretty substantial. Like, there's nothing, there is no tension building. Like, you know when someone's going to die. It's obvious when they're about to die. Yeah. It's so painfully obvious. And like, here's the thing. Right. Like, there's nothing that uh, Natalie Dyer is in the movie, and she's the um, she's the sister from Stranger Things. She absolutely deserves an Oscar for having to be the character that stumbles upon every fucking death. She in this found movie. everybody. Okay, everybody. This, this fucking drove me insane. She found everybody except for uh, Graffiti Girl. Yeah, and Renee Russo at the end. Yeah, we'll kind of get to the kills later. She found every fucking body, and we never got a scene where a cop's like, hey, what the fuck? Why is it you? What the actual... I mean, this is... We now live in an era of true crime where every cop goes home and his wife is telling him how to solve murders. (laughs) Every basic cop, because his wife watches every fucking Netflix show, knows that you have to ask the person who's found five dead bodies in a row if she might be murdering them. (laughs) Or, Or, this is the other thing. They, they set her up as this kind of sacrificial lamb, right? Like, she is the – well, this is the thing. I think they wanted to set her up as she is kind of the the virginal, the, the sacrificial lamb. She is entering the art world and is not yet as corrupted, right? Right, right. So she's witnessing what happens if she loses her integrity down the road. Right. But then they completely fucking blow that up. When she's willing to just sell Rene Russo out and give all the secrets away yeah. uh, to the character that embodies every single thing I hate about human beings. What's that? I can't even remember the character's name. The guy who wears uh, socks with no shoes the whole movie. Oh. Uh, and he gets killed by his fucking own Aerosmith scarf. Oh, Don Don? Yeah, Don Don. Don <laughs> I was Don. just like, wow, that is a very precise uh, amalgamation you pulled from my brain of everything I hate about people. Yeah. That, like, that honestly, is, if that guy had just worn a MAGA hat, like that covers all the bases <laughs> of things that I don't yeah, like about that people. guy is literally written just to piss people like us off. Like that's that character. Yeah, but but that's this. OK, so Coco finding all the bodies and just kind of like being like, I guess I'll go to Michigan. That was weird. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get back to something. I, I had to ask you this. This is something that was really <laughs> bothering me as it went on. Um, I was so confused by. And this gets back to, I'm fascinated by horror movies, something like It Follows, right? It Follows sets up a perfect fucking game for a horror movie. Right. Yet, by the end of the movie, it begins to not be able to obey its own rules. Yes. This movie is very similar, and it sets up the game, right? Which is, this guy was a pure artist, and his art is his way to connect to the, it's like what, you know, they kind of wax philosophically a couple times what art should be. It's just this right. man alone putting his kind of soul and truth on a canvas, unfucking uh, sullied by the fucking whores and other characters that we are seeing just fucking be terrible constantly throughout the movie. Right. And when he dies, he was trying to destroy his work so no one could ever get it, right? Right. And then we see his art get taken and seemingly that's how people will die, right? Is when they are whoring out his work. Right. But then they set up two things that are fucking baffling to me, which is we see we see that he can somehow control other painters' work. Yes. So, like, the guy who lights himself on fire in the truck, his the, the canvases flip out and they all ignite, right? I'm right, like, right. okay, that's cool. That makes sense. He's going to destroy the art because he's a thief now. Right. Fine. He goes into the bathroom and is killed by one of those, like, grease monkey (laughs) paintings. Like, the dog's playing poker paintings. And the monkeys grab him through the paint. I'm like, wait, are they saying that the old man painted that? Like, that's how he made his money? Oh, wait, no. He's a janitor. So, why was that? There's a graffiti kill that he didn't do. There's a giant sculpture that tries to kill someone he didn't do. Uh, The hobo robot the hobo terminator yeah he didn't make that the fucking sphere so he's killing people with other art right that it i don't might- know because that's the thing i would add, he even kills the my favorite kill is renee russo's buzzsaw tattoo coming to life okay and- 
that tiger. fucking I, actually okay. I, I wanted to, to see the whole head come off, but I really liked that. That was fucking great. Actually, I was watching it and I because uh, Andrea really want Andrea kind of wanted to see it, and I was like, no, don't watch it. It's dog shit. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, if you want, we can just watch the end. Dog shit. So she watched the end of the movie with me, and like she got to that part, and she goes. Why did that happen? I don't like. Okay, so Andrea works. Your wife works in a a place where they do like vintage fucking clothing. It's like super hipster shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to work at the most super hipster coffee shop of all time. Yeah. If there's ever a person who would like watching these people get murdered and get their comeuppance, no matter how flawed it is, I think it's Andrea. <laughs> she was cool. I mean, like she was fine with like Jake Gyllenhaal. You didn't like the Renee Russo buzzsaw kill. That's fucking good. This, that I, this is, is what I was. Awesome. I was just like. That's a little much. Like, that's what no. it was. Like, I get to the end, I'm that, like, nah. That moment is what I wanted from the whole film. That is a perfect kill. Because she finds herself through the emotional damage, right? She thinks she's taken all the artwork out of her apartment. Right? She's going to turn over a new leaf. She's killed by the fucking punk rock self that she fucking betrayed. As she's sitting on the ground, cross-legged, with a cat. And two shadows are coming by her. She has become this painter's art in real life and then dies. I'm like, that's that's what the game of the movie is supposed to be. Okay. But then we get lost by other art killing people constantly. Yeah, I, so are they saying that by viewing a true artist art and despoiling it, that somehow that activates all the artist rage? Like, do you think the well, painter – Was that painter actually being true to his artistic core? Well, this is and the his thing primal I don't nature when he like, painted the grease monkeys. It, it's the magic of the whole thing I didn't understand. Like because it seems like uh, is it, is it Ventral D's? Is that the character's name? That's the the painter yes. who paints them. D's special paintings. So D's yes paints these paintings, and they're slowly or like basically like overtaking. Like he has he's men- mentally unstable. But his last wish was to destroy them all. So he clearly knew. Something was going on. Do you think that had any factor, like, why you wanted to destroy him? Like, oh, man, I created something horrible. This is what I wondered. And I kind of wanted that scene, too, because they do a really cool backstory for him, right? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. Abusive dad. He went to a mental asylum for going back and killing his abusive dad, but he didn't just kill him. He tortured him. Right. Come to find out later, there's a lot of blood in a lot of his work. Right. So they lead you to believe this is like the blood of his father, maybe some of his blood mixed in. Right. I was like, that's all great. Um, but this is something else that the fact that D's wanted to destroy his work signifies that maybe he's punished everyone he wants to. Right. Cause he actually, he, they think he killed one of his janitorial coworkers for being a bully. Yeah. Um, but this is the other thing. There's a couple scenes in the movie where all of a sudden the people D's is killing, it feels like he's trying to protect the work, right? So when he kills yeah. uh, Aerosmith Scarf No Sock guy, right. Don Don. Don Don. Don Don has the information now that he says is enough to tank the Dees exhibit right right we have to take him on his word for that because otherwise he'd want to find a way to like milk it right he bought some of the pieces himself he says it's gonna tank it why then would he be killed so that the art can continue to go out you know what i mean right like why wait to kill renee russo when the exhibit's already out he's killing all these people after they're already putting the work out right and it seems like his goal is to destroy it, but everything in the movie is seeming like he's going to propagate it. Like we see the paintings catch on fire. Uh, when the guy who's, you know, again, he's like, I'm not just a, you know, brute and a installer. Like I'm an artist. He steals some art. Yeah. He lights on fire. We see a painting self ignite. The last scene of the movie, they're telling us that this unknown village of homeless have now stolen it, and yeah. they're selling his art for $5. Why didn't those paintings self-ignite? Well, Do you think that homeless guy is about to self-combust, or is he doing it in a more well, that's the thing acceptable I was, artistic way? Well, that's the thing I thought he was like they were trying to get at. Like, this was – like this is and this is always the problem with this like What about that couple that's metaphor? down there uh just to appropriate, right? The rich white exactly. couple that buy the painting for $5. So that couple that like, cuz that's what I thought. Like I'm watching this scene and this oh, guy sells fuck. it for 5 bucks and I'm like, okay, those people are definitely going to die. Like right? That's well, how they that works. they know they're being abusive. 
Right. So, so those white people died. The homeless guy, I right, don't know. Right. So do they like is that same magic bestowed upon them where they end up getting killed? Like there's the rules seem to assign to people who have profited unfairly off of this. Like obviously Josephina, like Josephina should have been the right. first one to die. She was like one of the last. Like Josephina to me was like the most that- vi- the most vile per- character in the entire movie. No. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, this is this is an she literally thing stole I wrote, too. a dead guy's artwork and, and usually it in off. every horror movie, there's at least someone you mildly root for, right? Like, take for example, Drag Me to Hell is an interesting one. Uh, that girl does something atrocious, right? She right. she fucking is just gonna crush this old lady just because she wants to get the promotion, right? She does one bad thing, but for the most part, we understand she's a good person and we root for her. There's no one in this movie that I didn't want to see die. <laughs> oh, no. I definitely didn't want to see Johnny Malk die. Johnny Malkovich deserves to live that entire film without question. Well, I mean, Johnny Malkovich's character is already dead. <laughs> he seemingly is already a dead man in that movie. So yeah. that didn't matter. He's very living much. his best life. Sober life out drawn drawn sand circles. Like he no, was- he's just sitting in an empty fucking upstairs loft draining hoops by the way yeah I didn't that's know John the thing Malkovich i love the most stroke. like fucking johnny malk's just crushing just that is one of my favorite scenes is when they he takes that fucking don don up there and he sees the trash and he's like this is brilliant. that's the best scene in the movie i think exactly like, but that's what i mean right so i think the rules of the horror don't make sense they don't add up right this it's not like they wanted it to play like the ring tape i feel like yeah i think so. where at the end it's like oh i i you know i got you out i saved you it's fine it's like no she wants to infect the world yeah why then was Deese destroying his own paintings like it doesn't i don't think the rules add up and then the horror itself is not particularly good so i think the movie's getting pummeled on that what i do like about this movie is i think i think there's an interesting series of characters to watch how they are dealing with their place in art right what art actually is to them and how they fucking use it as part of their personality. Sure. I really liked that part, right? I like John Malkovich as this guy who owns a place where they're just replicating his old work. He can't do anything new. He's just defeated, right? He's right. He's been tapped out. He's been used well, he's, up, he feels like. Yeah, he's That's the, a good character. He's the art he's the artist that I mean, this is ironic, but like he's the artist everybody wants to be. Like that's really right. what it is. Like, and he's no longer an artist. That's yeah, the crazy. Like, part. Like that's the odd thing is like he's the artist that everybody who is an artist wants to be is like old and cantankerous and you've lived a good life and you've done all this great work and you have you want for nothing other than the yeah. fact that you want to be new like you want to be fresh again like you want to be the person you want to be able out. to recapture that exactly yes. that's like and, but yes and this the this ironic is what goal. I mean though this movie has a huge theme of. The self as art, right? Right. Like dipshit Don Don, how he dresses and how he's like, oh, I have to say I like these garbage bags just in case it's actually art. Right. Um, and how him and Gyllenhaal, they all talk in these kind of preloaded, um, overly eloquent but fucking vapid, you know, cliches yeah. to describe art. Um, it gets back to this. Yes, it, it's just not only – because that's like Renee Russo is another good one, right? She was once in like a rock yeah. art collective. She even has that line that I just I think is so stupid, but she might believe it. All art is dangerous. Oh, yeah. I thought right? that, that's I, where she was coming from. But then she realized she didn't have the chops and she became this fucking raider. I, audi- right? I audibly went and, and she, when she said but that. That's what I mean. She lies to herself. This is another scene I love. She lies to herself when she meets the hip young artist, right? Right. And he's like, well, look at this, man. You're not doing it anymore. And she's like, oh, all this is just a safari I've set up to hunt you. Right. Right? Like, this is where I find guys like you, like, the real talent. And I don't know in that moment if she believes that or not. Right? Like, I I like the fact that all these people are lying to themselves. When Jake Gyllenhaal says the line, uh, he gets mad that Tony Collette, that's another grievance I have. She is criminally underused in this movie. That's neither here nor there. Right. Um. When Tony Collette's like, oh, hey, let's do this deal, right? You write an article and then bump the value and I'll do this. And he's like, I don't do that. Right, And he right, gets right. mad and he goes, I elevate the art that I write about. Yeah. 
And it's like, oh, man. Like, no, you right. don't. Well, I think that's part of, like, the charm. But we all feel like that, right? Right, do, exactly. You, do this you ever like think that of... our shows are about elevating the art we talk about? Like, right. I mean, I don't right. think we're as pretentious, but kind of that's what we all do, right? Right. This is the part of art and art critique that's so, like, symbiotic and almost, like, parasitic in some point, some aspects. But, like, that's what it is. Like, you wait for that review, whether it's good or bad. Like you need that review to actually make people give a shit. Like your art's just art until someone, your art's just shit until someone decides it's art. Like, I think that's a huge part of like what art critique is. And it's fascinating to cheat, to choose like contemporary art particularly because nobody knows what it fucking is. People have their opinions about what they could be. But I mean, like, honestly, like, you know, my wife and I have been to uh, the LACMA, which is the LA Contemporary Museum of Art. Like, we've been there a million times, and there's one thing in there that I'm baffled by every time I go in. I'm like, I can't believe someone considers this art. And it's literally a sink sitting there yeah. like, in, in the in I the always gallery. like the square. I like the squares. The squares are just cool. Like, it's shapes like my kids make with a stamp. Right, right. Like, that shit, I'm like, that's, No, sure, that's, that's not fun. cool. That's not cool. But, that's bullshit. <laughs> but there's, like, there's literally, the like, but there's, there's a sink... There's literally a sink and then a right. there's a sink and then there's also a um a piece of art with just a wrap around it. And I'm like, why is that like well that's art? And I'm like, there's no way that's art. I can't see the art. No, it's it. art because your brain is painting and filling in that canvas underneath. Oh, you douche. Who are it's, you? That's what I mean. That's all art is. And and that's but that's the thing. We say it is a bad thing, but is it? Right? What I think the movie's trying to say, and it's so funny because it's such a a flawed piece of art to me. Yeah, yeah. But what I, but that's what I mean. There's there is a thriller movie that I really like in this. Yeah, like, and and I think it's not necessarily always a great exercise to be like, here's how I would rewrite or direct this movie if I could. But I'm gonna do that for this one because I feel like they missed a big opportunity. I like the idea of an artist actually taking vengeance himself against the art institutions, right? Right. Make it more personal, right? Make them... It's like Kevin Spacey against all humanity, but focus it down, you know, against... Like in Seven, just focus it down on the Morph and John John and Ding Dong and whoever the other art dealers are. <laughs> right. Coco, they all have They have the weirdest names, names, like Rodora. But that's, that's all part of it, though. Yeah. But that's what I liked, the... There's a scene in the movie that I thought was fucking brilliant, right? And it's the the first Dece opening. Okay. And it's it's everyone's looking around and they love to cut to these like medium close-ups of people telling you, "Oh, what do you think? What are you experiencing? Oh, it's this, it's that." Oh, everyone's fucking talking. Jake Gyllenhaal has a line where he's, "Oh, it's so evocative and primordial. Oh, it's exquisite." Oh. Just fucking, you know, verbal masturbation Olympics everywhere, right? Right, right. They cut to John Malkovich and, what is it, Driscoll? Who's the new artist, the up-and-coming artist? He's a guy from Hamilton, right? Yeah, yeah, David, uh, fuck, what is that guy's last name? But yeah, I know who you're talking about. I thought yeah, his last so name was those Maduro. two are sitting there, and they both walk to the same piece, and the two artists just fucking stare intently. Yeah. And their performances are great. You can tell they are fucking... Like, inside of them is a fucking big bang-like explosion. Their universe is in DNA rewritten right. by witnessing this truly powerful, unique art. And they're the only two people that seemingly are just quietly observing the power of it right. and letting the art wash over them and infect them, whereas everyone else is trying to infect themselves or shoot themselves right. onto the canvas. There are, I do like that. That's I do a like, beautiful bit it of is. visual storytelling. That, that scene alone makes the movie probably worth watching because it is fascinating. Because it's got you do, great actors. It's got good performance. But like, doing that, like yeah. David Diggs and John Malkovich are great because they do like, they play this part. I mean, David Diggs does it in another scene too, which is really fascinating. The, uh, the one where he and Josephina were ba- it was right, right yeah. before Josephina gets graffitied, where basically he's like, I got to go. Like he like has this sort of string of inspiration, essentially. Like, but it, he you know what? I just thought about it. He's the only character in the movie that seems OK. Oh, he's fine. I mean, I mean, he I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal and her aren't a couple. So him balling her doesn't really 
That's not a black mark. I'll be honest with you. That was my favorite scene in the movie. He walks in on. He's like making eggs. He's like, what's up? Oh, my God. That's so funny. I fucking I laugh my ass when off. Jake Gyllenhaal hits him with the, all the respect I had for your work has, has evaporated. Evaporated. No, that part's great. That is really part, funny. The next part is just one of my, it's so fucking funny. Is when he's sitting there like, tell me what we had wasn't real. And she, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, she kind of, Josephina gathers herself and goes, I was never particularly <laughs> obsessed or something like that. And they cut back to fucking Hamilton sitting there fucking stirring eggs with his oh, yeah, dog. He, he just goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Oh, that was actually very I fucking funny. lost my shit during oh, that, that scene. Was that so was funny. so good. He has some of the best beats in the, like, David Diggs has some of the best moments in this movie. They're all so little and he gets them and he just fucking nails them to the wall. Like, oh, that was he makes funny. The, he makes this movie, him and John Malkovich, <laughs> honestly, make this movie entertaining because, like, these people are people you're supposed to, like, hate the entire movie. All, everyone except for Natalie Dyer, like, Coco, are characters you're supposed to just despise. But even Coco fucking rats out. She's so desperate to get in the game. See, but she's no, still No, that's a menacing. fucking punk bitch move. It's okay. After all of this, that's, I guarantee that, she winds up being, That like, scene is, like, it... You know, oh, that's how Joffrey did it. So now I have to be that way. She winds that's up being bullshit. like a CPA. Like she, she like she quits the art world completely. She's like, I can't do this ever again. Like she discovered like four dead bodies and watched yeah. a bunch of children play in her friend's blood. Like, you know, that's that's another problem I had. It's like <laughs> that after Tony Collette gets uh, her arm bit off inside that sphere thing. Uh, hey, what? when you're picking holes, it's a serious decision. <laughs> Tony Collette went in light. She went in you don't just go. That is, but that's what I mean. That's another sneaky social message they crammed in there. Stop. You don't just go that walking not, around just shoving yourself into the holes. Message. No, <laughs> the message is we needed her to stick her hand so we could kill her in this movie. But like the the real social message I have is like how fucking terrible. You think the- that was an homage to Phantasm? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the artist real social is actually message, the tall man. That's who. The died real social start. message is to the LAUSD teachers. Who let that school those school children play in the blood? That is fucked up. If you're in an art gallery, you know not to touch but the art. Everyone knows that. I okay. See, I agree with you that that scene is so fucking obviously coming. Right? It's one of those like, oh, right. that's going to be a powerful detail. But we're all like, yeah, we know. Yeah. The horror is just not good in this movie. But I like that on the level of. Even children know that art is a lot bullshit, right? <laughs> okay. Like you're responsible to force yourself in there. But that's what I mean. It's like the movie did give me that appreciative moment too because I'm one of those guys. I would go to LACMA and I I liked, you know, kind of the Renaissance era stuff. I love that sure. old Japanese exhibit they have. Absolutely. The old woodblock stuff like that. Like I like – works of art that seem really impressive and I couldn't do right. Like I'm like you, like I could rip my sink out, uh, set it over there and poop in it and say, look, this is humanity's future. Like, wow. Right. Right. Uh, as told through the postmodern feminist, uh, with bangs and you know, only two earlobes (laughs) and the middle eye. Right. Like I can make up shit like that. (laughs) Only two earlobes. (laughs) She's desperately wanting in the earlobes. How many earlobes do we need? Well, that's the question my art's evoking, bitch. <laughs> you need to ask deeper questions than earlobes. But yeah, going. and then I'm I'm a bagged fucking future feminist with only two earlobes, and I said, "Bitch, what's that make you feel?" As I paint a red square on my teat. No, like, uh, yeah. So I'm, but the movie made me stop and ponder if when I think that way about art, if I'm kind of just being a fuckhead myself, right? Well, there there, there is a question it asks of. Are we all so willing and eager, if you will, to just not accept art? Because that allows us to craft ourselves as this other version. Right. Uh, this artistic presentation of us. Like, and I know you went through this. I had a really bad phase after film school, right? I had gone to Los Angeles. I was like, hey, why am I not, uh, you know, why am I not getting to direct Juno? I just got a degree from film school. Like, what's up, dude? Right. And so you start getting bitter. And so then it's like I have to justify why I went and got all these fucking, this film degree, and I studied all these films, but yet 
I have to talk to my mom and my brother about movies as if they're my fucking intellectual film equal. <laughs> you know, and so you start yeah. like, I'm going to, and I, I was a fucking movie reviewer, and I'd write these overly fucking worded, just fucking takedowns of movies. Like I remember the one I did most was that fucking Tron reboot. Uh, I fucking shit on that movie. I ripped its guts out. I fucked its grandma in front of its eyes as it was dying. Like everything I could do to savage that movie. And just people were like, what the fuck, dude? Like, <laughs> you know, I just kind of like Tron. And I was like, you're a fucking fool. Oh yeah. Like screaming down from my mountaintop. And it took me a couple years to be like, oh, you just are a bitter fuck. Cause you're not, making movies like you wish you were and right. you know there there's a part of that that a lot of these characters represent like Absolutely. don don is so terrified that someone's gonna see he's a fucking fraud right and same with morph right that someday people are gonna realize oh you just are full of shit you're not elevating this art you're just right you can't well, do anything except for try to be a parasite. And that comes up in... And that's that, interesting. And that comes up in that scene where he goes into the sound booth and all of a sudden he starts hearing like all of his like yeah. reviews read back to him, essentially. But like that's... Such a fucking... I like that setup, too. Him confronting his sins, but that is just such a bad horror movie scene. Because you know the second it happens, yeah. you're like, oh, that's not really in there. And the guy's yeah. going to come it's in like, and say, are you ready to start? It's so... Yeah. It's super hacky, like it really bad. kind of just, it's a very Fuck. like tried out, it's really played out, but it's interesting because I was thinking about, like after I watched it, I watched it this, I watched it uh, earlier this morning and uh, like I was, took a sh I was taking a shower and I was thinking about, that I ha there's a saying, there's a Latin phrase that like, I swear to God, like half my friends got tattooed on their body, which is uh, Aris Gratia uh, Artis, which is art for art's sake in Latin. And I thought about that a lot and I'm like, that's really kind of to me what Dan Gilroy is getting at a lot of the time with what he's portraying in this movie, which is like sometimes art is just art. You don't need to critique it or wonder what it really means or wonder what it's about. It just is what yeah. it is, which I was kind of like, this is another reason I'm glad we're doing this because I thought it was really entertaining and kind of ironic that we're going to get on. We're going to get on and talk about this movie and discuss sort of like what it means and its general tonality. But I realized too I am assigning a great deal of what I feel about the movie to the fact that I'm comparing it to these other things like horror genre tropes and so on and so forth. It maybe needs to just be seen in a different light altogether to be understood, which is maybe just freshness. I, I don't know. It's a fascinating. It's do you a, think the movie's taking a shot at the horror genre? No. Do, I don't, you, do you think the horror scenes are bad on purpose? No. Yeah. I, really I had don't. this I had this conspiracy theory where I find it hard to believe that such a talented filmmaker could so dramatically miss. Right? Yeah, like I think there's So I, I did wonder if there like just the scene when Jake Gyllenhaal comes out of the doctor's office and Tony Collette's on the bus and like looks over at him. Yeah. I was like it's so cringy. It's yeah. so bad. It's not scary. Yeah. Anytime like, I even even I, the like graffiti room, right? Like that's kind of a cool visual of the paint coming up on her. It is, but like it but it's, happens. It's, the way it's played is so fucking yeah. dead. The hap the part the way that it happens is so like I honestly like the way it went down. I'm like this is so mind bendingly stupid. Like she was in a parking lot and she goes. I guess I'll just walk into this building that randomly appeared behind like, no, fuck that. No, but that makes sense. She's like, hey, maybe there's someone I could go fucking pilfer for a rent check. Right. Like that that part, I guess by that rationale, sure, it makes total sense. But like That's what I mean. There there's a a really good cast with really interesting characters in a great world to really dig in on something uh that is fascinating. And ev this is kind of the brilliant thing the movie builds in is that Every single person watching the movie will have an opinion, right? Right. And so this is this also falls into my conspiracy theory. Maybe it's intentionally a little hacky with the horror to force you to have a stronger reaction, even if it's in the negative. Because by by forcing that strong reaction, the movie is bringing you more. Uh, it's it's you're more captured by the theme i guess sure so as you're you wonder how many people as they're turning it off like that movie fucking sucks god and then within a couple sentences like oh my god 
You know, they start doing the lines like, oh, what is the point of art if no one sees it? Right. Do I elevate the movie by fucking making comments that the magic doesn't add up? <laughs> like, why can the guy kill you with, like, you know, he could kill me with the Charlie Brown comic strip. Right. But yet his ghost is hiding in my rafters. Like, why? Right. I right. don't know. <laughs> like, why is he sitting in the rafters? Like, he's I mean, for Sutherland. There are, there are elements of this movie anything. that I was watching and I'm like, because I texted you. I was like, am I supposed to think some of this is funny? Because some of this is, like, kind of entertaining. Like, in a way that I would find, like, like a scary, like, scary movie. Like, those, like, parody movies funny. Like, that kind of horror. Like that's the kind of stuff that I thought was I was laughing at. Like when he when that guy crashes his van and like runs in and like putting water on his birds and stuff like that. I was just and then like <laughs> the monkeys start moving. I started laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy's about to get murdered. Yeah. This guy's about to get murdered by dogs playing poker. Like that's what's about to happen. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's like the really fucking micro uh, cliff notes of Jumanji one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we just—they just told me Jumanji won in thirty seconds. Wow. Yeah, I—it was peculiar because I wanted to like when the it, like it, the movie opens and you're kind of just assuming it's going to take itself that seriously. So there's—I think that's the thing about the movie is maybe it's about expectation, honestly, because Dan Gilroy did Nightcrawler, so you go in with this expectation of what Nightcrawler was. So when you see right. Jake Gyllenhaal, by the way, that guy can't not be ripped. I don't know what it is about him, but he just well, like now he puts in shit. the work. He puts he in the work. Peloton. Man. Yeah. He's doing Peloton. I'll tell you this. Day. I actually did look up how much it costs to get a Peloton when I was watching that movie. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, fuck, I was like sitting there all splayed out. Right. With like my tablet on my huge fat stomach. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I should be Pelotoning while I'm watching this. movie." <laughs> right. But like, it's one of those things where you walk in or you sit down, you watch this movie. There's an expectation of the pedigree it comes from. Like you saw, if you saw a good, if you saw Nightcrawler, you might enjoy this movie as well. And then it starts and it's sort of in the same vein, but it does like a very certain, like kind of protracted dialogue in the way that it's all structured. And then when things start getting like closer to that horror genre of actually like filmmaking, is when you start realizing, like, I don't think this is what this is supposed to be. Like, you have to, like, shift your focus and change your expectation a little bit because it's Dan Gilroy trying something that he might not be totally comfortable with as a director. Because, honestly, horror horror gets a bad horror, – horror is a difficult genre to do, in my opinion. I think great directors manage to make great horror movies because they are championing something that people don't take it seriously enough. So when something really great happens yeah. – that's because those guys are excellent directors performing at the top of their game. Like, Get Out. Get Out's a great example. Do you think that this could be just one of those cases of budget noted to death? Like, it seems unlikely with that guy and the way Netflix fucking blows money. Right. I'll tell you the truth. I honestly find myself completely fucking flabbergasted. At the horror elements. Because to me, yeah. the the character thriller part and the cast and the performances and the themes they're exploring and the kind of fucking, the interesting trap that they put every viewer in. I was like, that's really good storytelling to me. Sure. No, the thriller, el it, thriller elements work. But that's what I mean. It's such an unusual time when you're like, wow, this movie just is doing so much well with so much talent. And then... For those horror scenes to just be shockingly bad. Like, they're not even... I don't believe for a second that anyone reading that, anyone watching that, the editor, the effects artist, I don't believe there was anyone who was like, nailed it. <laughs> right? Like, that guy doesn't exist. Like, there is none of... I would have to believe that every single person working on this project was in a way a Don Don. Where they were just <laughs> so afraid to fucking admit that they didn't get it, right? Like... So that's be. why I, I wonder if I feel like that outside of the storytelling, like, you know, studio fucking backroom deals kind of explanation doesn't work. That's why I wonder if the the horror is intentionally less than because the characters themselves are such fucking shallow husk of people, right? They are these terrible fucking art pieces that they lambast the entire movie. Right. So 
is it more fitting for them to die in these horrendously stupid and obvious ways, right? Because the characters themselves aren't deep enough to get it's to deserve more of a death. It's not a bad theory. I mean, I it makes sense. I, I mean, think it, I so desperately want to explain away why I really liked a good chunk of this and then was so fucking off-put by the horror movie stuff. What you're saying makes sense. Like, there's logic in it, and it could be that way, and very much, like, could be the intention of Dan Gilroy. But, like, it's one of those things where when I watch this movie, the important thing about art regarding this movie is the intention that the artist had. So, like, the only way to know, really, is to ask Dan Gilroy. But then on the other side of that... No, because he'd give you a a fucking more for Rene Russo line of dialogue, for sure. Right. Well, what I was getting at was, on the (laughs) other side of that, when you you ask an artist, like, explain your art. When you're asking someone to explain their art, that seems rude. And it seems like, why would I have to explain my art? Like, shouldn't art be subjective? Like that's really kind of the question that comes up a lot to me when I'm taught, when I'm thinking about this movie is all these guys are pissed because like some people are like, like, you know, fucking Jake Gyllenhaal Morpheus threatening David Diggs is like, you know, you are irrelevant. You're nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Like bitching at him the whole time. But like, yeah. he's the one who's Trying actually to manifest art. himself to an actual artist. Yeah. Right. He's creating he, art. Like we at the end of the day, the scene when just to get laid, he goes and crushes a guy's, possible career right he's Uh, trying to enforce himself into the art exactly he's informing his he's he's not informing his opinion by what he actually just as we're doing now exactly that's like kind of the whole thing and i i feel like it's almost i have to tell my (laughs) list okay listeners (laughs) do yourself a favor and google botero fat woman i have a couple fucking boteros in my house Oh god! And when you oh when god. you Google those paintings, you know the one I'm talking about. It's above my uh, my toilet, right? Yep. The fat lady, right? I had like two or three of them. Imagine me being killed tonight by the fucking fat lady paintings. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. That's about all it. I'm thinking because it's usually above your toilet. So I'm thinking about you, like doing a two a.m. Oh my god, dude! What if I get the orgasmo T Rex death? <laughs> I just look up at the fat lady. You better make me come. I'm like no. And I get yanked dick first into the painting and just crippled. What if she what if she like sticks her legs out and like what if she sits on your face and then your your whole head is subsumed and she pulls you into this tiny painting? Hey, by the I'd way, I love it. Wait, so See, that you- I'd like. I would look like uh what was Farva's character in Beer Fest when he's trying to drink his way out of the back? That's what I'd be doing. So wait. This, so the, is, this got real weird. But, but yeah, like, Google so Botero fat woman painting and imagine how I died. <laughs> the guy who the guy who um got killed by the dogs playing poker monkey thing. Um, did he get pulled into the painting? Is that the idea? Yeah, head first. Okay. Because they never found him, remember? They couldn't right, find right, him. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. So he got like pulled in. Okay. The people actually become art at the end. Right, right. Except for Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, because that's the thing. That art is actually like a statue art, so he could be part of the diorama in a way, right? Oh, really? Yeah, maybe. I guess Rene Russo doesn't become a tattoo, no, so that she theory gets... kind of goes out the window. Oh, God. <laughs> it Again, like, I'm... I'm 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 with you. Like I'm flabbergasted by some of the stuff I saw where I just like kind of roll my eyes and like that was really really obvious, man. Like in the, some the, of the the horror elements are terrible. Like the visual effects to me are very very poor personally. It's <laughs> But I think that's kind of part of it. This is the thing. I think the horror movies scenes are bad because they're obvious, they're generic. Right. There's no fucking tension or drama in them. Right. And I horror movie world building really bothers me like that's why i know everyone loves saw but i fucking hate saw because it cheats it fucking cheats to keep you scared and interested so they can pull off their gotcha ending i fucking hate movies that cheat and this one doesn't necessarily cheat but the world building never adds up does Deese want to destroy his paintings or not is Deese the one actually haunting post-death right because uh, I actually was like, is the ghost his father since his blood is in the paintings? And he's afraid of his father being inflicted on everyone else through the emotional, visceral nature of That's the paintings. That's a good question. But they don't – and I don't know that they need to answer it so spot on. Right. But why is there a ghost if he can kill you with, you know, 
a far side comic I, strip. Like, I really thought I, that none of it made sense to me. I really that thought that me. morphs like morphs like devolution essentially into like just the scared maniac. Like that to me was very interesting. And I was yes. actually hoping we'd get a lot more of him like trying to hunt down like this movie. And again, I'm with you like not to, not to assign like how I would have done it or anything like that. But if this movie for me had been about morphs research and journey into understanding more of Deez's art, and how that worked, that would have been a movie I would have been like, whoa. And while all these people are getting killed around him, he's slowly figuring it out. Like, that's a movie I kind of would have been probably into a little bit more. But Yeah, something that struck me is that his character and Josephina's character should have just been mashed together. Yeah, I agree. Because this is the thing, right? He always has to be on the cutting edge of reviewing, right? right so right. maybe, because that's the thing, I think you could have smashed several characters together. So... There's kind of this thing they just blow off that he is in a gay relationship, right? Yeah. And he just gives that up to hook up with a woman. Because he's just bored. Because he likes her as a piece of art, right? Her skin is this perfect saddle brown, whatever he says. Right, right. Um, But their their journeys are similar, right? So what if his gay boyfriend and him had a tiff? He fucking crushes his ex-boyfriend's show. Right. His boyfriend gets in the car crash, whatever, and now he's on the outs as a critic. He has to find the next thing. He has to, oh, you know what see, I mean? I it, like felt like there, it felt like there was a tighter line yeah. to get through this. And then to more closely link his falling apart with uh, what Deese went through, right? That right. the art actually destroyed him. Sure. Right? From within, whereas the art is destroying Jake Gyllenhaal from outside, I guess. Right, right. But, um, you know, I I just felt like there was a tighter version of that movie. Sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I just it's funny because it's rare that a movie I have this many complaints about. I actually walk away being like, yeah, I like that pretty well. <laughs> like, I honestly, when the movie ended, I was like, oh, that was all right. And then I started writing my notes, and I'm like, oh, holy shit! <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of stuff that just did not connect yeah. with me. It felt like. I think ultimately the movie is. The movie is just kind of like I think that's the best way I can put it. Like anytime someone's gonna ask me what I thought of this movie, it's like it's the best shot Outer Limits episode I've ever seen. Yeah, like it's very, it's very kind of like TV, like you know, movie of the week to me. Like that's kind of how I feel about it. With it, but there are nuggets in there that are really fun to watch, and there's some really cool stuff that I would I would impress upon people is makes it worth watching. If you like this kind of genre yeah. work, because it's not there, it's not Dan Gilroy. Well, it's it's like one of those. It should be one of the worst movies, but like Morph, right? It is elevated just by some of the people that are working on it. You're not wrong. That's and so that's why I don't know. I'd like to know if the Alchemist by my conspiracy theory that the horror movie stuff is intentionally bad and flashy uh, for effect. It's worth investigating. I, I don't. I I I, I, agree. I I wonder if it's like one of these like Joaquin Phoenix like performance <laughs> art things, where he made the horror movie so dramatically bad to draw guys like us into morphing out, talking shit, and then he could hold us up and be like, "See, you did not learn the lesson and then of he, the movie." And then he turns, which is to just out. let art exist in the fucking hoarder apartment where it belongs. <laughs> Sweet. The difference being, this is something you actually said that just dawned on me, is I feel like with songs and street performance, live performance, this and that, there is that spontaneous, you have to just let it be what it is because of the kind of cheap and mobile nature, right? Like, that was the Tony Collette line I liked, where she's like, we're not selling art, we're selling perception. Right. And it's a thin bubble, right? Like, Deese only works because some people that are important are saying it's cool right now. Right. Which is an interesting concept in the movie, right? Like, is there even art, period? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, God, yeah. It's, because that's what I mean, right? Is he trapping us now into saying, oh, this, uh, I, God, I don't know. I'm really, like, I'm trying really hard. You are getting real morph-like. It's interesting. You should get your eyes, away. You should get your eyes checked. God damn it. It's it's peculiar. It's a very interesting movie because it is it bears worth it bears talking about. And that's kind of the fascinating thing is 
it bears this sort of conversation. It requires this sort of discussion and dissection. But at the same time, he's asking you to let it exist on its own as art. And that's just that that may be like But films aren't this kind of spontaneous right. work of magic like some paintings are. Like, exactly. <laughs> films are very deliberate. So I don't know. If it's a gotcha, maybe I could fucking karate my way out of it. I don't know. I don't know. There is weird magic in this movie that I really like. This is a more interesting alchemy one, right? It is. It feels like a b- lot of bad... You know, what? it's like I would say, if you give me the world's best soup and it just has like one nugget of shit in it, that's bad soup. Right. <laughs> but this one somehow overcomes it. I'm like, I guess I could have another spoonful just to see. I, this somehow I don't know, but I, I feel like I liked this movie more than I should have. Well, simultaneously wanting to rip my hair out, trying to explain to myself what I had just experienced. It's worth the conversation. It's worth trying to figure out what actually this is. Honestly. Well, it's like, is the ghost his dad? I don't think it is, personally. Is that his dad's blood in the paintings? I I thought it was his. I feel like it's his father's. And I feel like he's inflicting the abusive parent that he had by letting his traumas out. Here's the question. Does the ghost kill Durs? Uh, Does no, he start th- trying to burn the paintings and the paintings destroy him? I thought he killed himself. but So therefore, the paintings do want to get out. Right. Okay. Oh, dude, I just put it together. So you know how it seems like he wants the paintings to get out, even though the old man is burning him? Right. His dad wants to get out. As the ghost to inflict more pain on the world. That's his father's blood, right? Right. So as Durst is destroying him, the ghost of his father fucking murders him in a final act of abuse to get out in the world and take his fucking vengeance. That's why he kills with lesser arts like a fucking grease monkey painting. Right. Because his dad's a fucking uh, pleb who doesn't know any better. And he's like, all art's the same, right? He's showing his hand. Okay. Okay, I could buy Maybe. that. It's, Maybe. It's an okay theory. It doesn't explain some things, but it's close. It explains why he wants the art to get out. Sure. It explains I that. Guess. But I also think there's a... But see, here's the thing. I, the art wouldn't have gotten out if Josephina didn't live in that building. That would have become like impounded police effects, and that would have been that. It would have been the crime scene investigation. Josephina made the choice. I mean, you're you're assuming. Okay, well, you see, you're taking a big leap right there. You're assuming that Deese Nuts artwork. (laughs) I had to say it once. I feel ashamed of myself. I really do. Well done. I am not elevating my art that I talk about. I am bringing it way down into the muck. Um, You're assuming that a police officer or janitorial staff or someone wouldn't see the art and immediately have that visceral reaction of wanting to be a part of it as a consumer. I mean, I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that, or just based a, on, just a primordial human, right? Not even a consumer. Sure, but like that's the difference, though. Like this is this is the difference. The fatal flaw is that Josephina took it to profit off of it. If you're just saying someone's having a visceral reaction to art and they take it, that would be the proper way to experience that art, correct? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I I don't maybe. know. Maybe that's like what it is. This is what I'm saying. I feel like. There's just so much mental gymnastics required, <laughs> yeah. and I just don't feel like the piece is worthy of all of that extra work. <laughs> I agree. But I liked it. I can't explain it. I feel like myself actually at LACMA trying to not sound like a Neanderthal. I, a Neanderthal, right? Where I'm like, I think uh, you pronounced it. Yeah, Square pronounce School. Right That's a time. really good corner. I bet if I put a fucking protractor up there, that corner is exactly 90 degrees. <laughs> I like that. I like that about the giant red square. I Love think it. ultimately, I think ultimately it's what you assign to it. But personally, I thought that Velvet Budsaw was not a good movie. All right. I, I like that we do the new ones because sometimes it's more fun to talk about more flawed movies we normally pick movies we've already seen and really like right i think it's more fun to dissect actually this is something i was going to pitch you maybe for a youtube adjunct right i was watching jurassic park 2 with the kid and i was like the scene where the t-rexes attack the rvs yeah might be one of the most 
tragically flawed scenes I've ever <laughs> witnessed in my life. Like, I was actually watching, and I was like, this is a Steven Spielberg movie. And I could not fathom what I was watching. Besides the fact that three grown adults can just hold their weight on a wet, a wet rope for like 45 minutes and climb. None of that. Just like basic actual filmmaking. It is fascinating. It, it's a We try to be more positive on this show. But it is also fascinating to examine like why things go wrong sometimes and the effect right. of that. So I like that we're doing these current ones where we get a chance to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think we were fair. I, I try never to be unfair and cheap now. I've grown out of that sour film school kid. Yes. Alex, I'm going to put you on a spot. How are we going to do our grading, right, as Alchemist? What do you mean? What is our are we three out of five? Are we at are we out of ten? Are we a thumbs up, thumbs down, letter grade? How do you want to do this? I mean, I feel like we've done letter grades for the other show. We could probably do letter grades here. Letter grades. Where do you rate Velvet Buzzsaw? It's gonna be definitely a C minus for me. C minus. Alright, that's not as bad as I thought you got. I was actually gonna say uh just a C plus. Yeah. So pretty good. Which I feel like might be high because I will give you this. Any movie that so burrows into my brain and won't get out, I find that added value to the product, right? Uh, I have thought about this movie and tried to work it out in an ordinate amount of time to other movies I watch. Like I'll, I'll watch something like The Beyond on Shudder. Right. And just be like, Hotel, gateway to hell, yeah, whatever happens, cool. And then I'll just turn it off and my brain is done as soon as the movie's over. Right, right. This one, it's now been two days and I, I am constantly still thinking about this movie. It's peculiar. Uh, even though I feel like it's just not good, it obviously is somehow good to me. So maybe uh, I am patient zero for exactly what Gilroy was trying to do. Perhaps you are. Well done in that case. I will say this. It's pretty fucking clever to make a movie that might suck the biggest balls and build in a defense of you're just being like all the characters you hate if you say right. anything bad. I think that's that, the best that part. That alone is a fucking gangster ass It movie. is a pretty sweet bulletproof vest to put on your movie. I, I will admit that. That's pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be a Don Don? Do you want to be a Don Don? Shut your mouth. You want to be yeah, cute? you guys better shut your podcast off. Do you want to be Don Don or do you, you want to be Coco? You survive this movie or you don't? I mocked it, but as we're wrapping up, uh, critique is limiting and exhausting. <laughs> Emotionally draining. Morph was right. Uh, that's it, guys, for Velvet Buzzsaw. You can watch it with your friends right now on Netflix. You don't even have to leave your fucking house. You watch it on a phone. You guys can share earbuds. It'll be super cute. Uh and then when you watch it with that friend, share this podcast with them, guys. Please, those personal connections will help us grow the pod and bring the alchemist in like we want. If you listen to us where you can leave a rating review on your uh, podcast directory or apps, wherever you find us, please do. It does help us reach audiences that we have no other reach for uh, without your help. Um, and as always, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic coming out later this week, wrapping up the pod fears the internet. This month, we have three Love on the Rocks. Uh, the pod's love is on the rocks. These are love stories that are not going well. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the Indies Gym Tiptoes. Woo! We're doing Fatal Attraction, which is just an all-time oh, fucking so great good. movie. And a 2002 horror gym that I feel like is not talked about often enough, May. Lucky McKee's May. going to be very uh, cool. So, really good stuff. I was just dropping on Alex my thoughts uh for even next month and it is massive it's madness massive so guys we have lots of fun stuff coming up for you uh send us your movies you want us to cover we're gonna do that again soon right we're just gonna do an all listeners month uh send us ideas for scenes that you would like to hear us discuss in a uh, greater length and depth uh we're gonna start adding more features and we want you guys to help guide that effort. Um, but most of all, guys, thank you for watching movies and shooting the shit with us. That's what we love the most about this show. Always fun. Always good to be doing this kind of thing. I did enjoy watch. I, I enjoy the aspect of watching Velvet Buzzsaw. I did not necessarily Fuck enjoy yeah, the man. movie. But it is I, fun to I watch think these. 
honest to God, this is, I think, especially on this show, sometimes movies that are kind of flawed make for more interesting discussions. Definitely. Uh, for people that love the movies, and it helps illustrate things about other movies. I, I like when there's a flaw. Agreed. It's really hard to just be like, man, isn't Jurassic Park the shit? Yeah. I thought so for 30 years. <laughs> like, that's a harder show. <laughs> Much harder. All right, guys, that's enough of our bullshit, man. Uh, before you guys think we're a bunch of Don Dons. <laughs> for the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Until next time. Uh, yeah, stay away from <laughs> your Boteros. <laughs> <laughs>